VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. You know, as I always say, this program is about turning your problems into solutions and your obstacles into opportunities and making your dreams come true. I've been doing this work now for 25 years, both on television and radio and on the Internet, and I truly believe from the amazing people that I've interviewed that you really can can turn your life around. And this is not Pollyanna. This is not airy-fairy. This is not just think positively. This is about really looking at the situation you're in and proactively finding ways to change the way you think and change the things you do so that you can really transform your reality. You can change your problems into solutions and your obstacles into opportunities. We have a specially pre-recorded program for you today, so you won't be calling in, but we have a a really a world-renowned guest on the show. My guest is Dr. Joe Dispenza who received his Doctor of Chiropractic in Atlanta at Life University. And he was one of the researchers and teachers featured in the award-winning movie, What the Bleep Do We Know? He has authored several scientific articles on the close relationship between brain chemistry, neurophysiology, biology, and their roles in physical health. And he's sought after by a speaker all over the country and the world. And the name of his website is drjoedispenza.com, D-I-S-P-E-N-Z-A.com. Welcome. Welcome, Dr. Joe. Hi, Patricia. It's nice <laughs> to be with you. You know, the title of your book is interesting. The title of your new book is Evolve Your Brain, The Science of Changing Your Mind. So you're basically in the title saying that it's a science to change our mind. Well, what I'm saying is, is that most people think that changing their mind is saying, I want chocolate ice cream instead of vanilla ice cream. I changed my mind. But we're talking about making a change that's permanent, that we, we have the ability in our life to learn new things, have new experiences, to modi- modify our behaviors so that we can do a better job in life. And so learning new information in and of itself, every time you learn something new, you make a new synaptic connection in your brain. You make a new circuit. Remembering is maintaining those circuits and keeping them alive. Having new experiences causes the brain to reorganize itself to reflect everything it's learned from its environment. The question is, at what point in our life do we stop learning and stop having experiences? And when mm-hmm. we do, we're headed for our genetic destiny. So the book is giving people permission to change and understanding that there's a true biology to personal change, that the brain okay. can scale its hardware. And so having said that, you know, if our brains are wired in the different cortexes and lobes, if they're wired for uh, depression or for negative thinking, and because some people are just naturally more optimistic than others, how do we begin to change that, Joe? Mm. Well, we have three brains in one brain. The first brain allows us to learn new information. These three brains allow us to go from thinking to doing to being. That first brain called the neocortex is where we actually learn facts and intellectual data. We learn philosophy. 
The second brain is the doing brain, and it's responsible for us when we, well, responsible for when we take that new information and we apply it or when we personalize it, when we demonstrate it, when we actually get about changing something about ourselves. And when we do, we have a new experience. And that new experience sends a rush of chemistry from the brain to the body so that new experience teaches the body what the mind is intellectually understood. So knowledge is for the mind and experience is for the body. But it's not enough for us to read a book on depression or overcoming depression or listening to a radio show or seeing a DVD and understanding it intellectually. We have to actually rise out of our resting state and try it out. And when we do, if we can change our behavior, modify something about ourselves, we'll have a different emotion or a different feeling. The key is to be able to maintain it and repeat that experience over and over again. And when we do, if we can maintain it and repeat it, we'll do it enough times so that the body memorizes that new emotional state better than the conscious mind. So sometimes, again, you know, that old adage, fake it till you make it, you may have to do it even if you don't feel it in the beginning and keep doing it over and over. Well, you know, feelings, when we use feelings as a barometer for change, we'll always talk ourselves out out of greatness. We Mm -hmm. have to be able to understand that feelings and emotions are the end product of past experiences. Mm -hmm. And if we live by the same feelings every day, that means that we've memorized an emotion that's connected to some past experience. So then we have to then understand, we, we have to raise out of that old emotional state and begin to realize that, there are new emotions that are connected to new experiences. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about the stress on the body. Because when we experience stress, that also changes our brain chemistry, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. When, when we're in the midst of a stress reaction, we activate that primitive nervous system called the fight-or-flight nervous system. And that nervous system is designed to mobilize enormous amounts of energy so that we can either fight or run. It's a primitive nervous system, it's a survival nervous system, and it's geared for us to be able to become super aware of our bodies, super aware of the environment, and very concerned about time. And so, because we're human beings and we have the privilege of making thought more real than anything else, we could actually turn on that stress response just by thought alone. We can anticipate an event, we can expect something to happen, We can begin to plan for a future experience. And when we do, we can become so focused on it that the body begins to respond chemically as if the event was happening. Mm -hmm. Now, the long-term effects of that knocks the body out of homeostasis, and Mm -hmm. that's when we're headed for disease. Right, because then it's like we're out of control. Right. Well, so let's look at it from the positive side. Let's say that you have addictions, and I'm going to look at, beside the behavioral, you know, emotional addictions, where you worry a lot and you keep ruminating and the thoughts go over and over in your head, um, you know, or, or it could be the other addictions, whether it's a love addiction or a sex addiction or a gambling addiction. Those are more behavioral or food addiction. But what you talk about in your book is that when you evolve your brain, and you understand the brain chemistry in some way that you can help to overcome these addictions. Talk about that. Well, my definition of an addiction is something that you can't stop. Mm -hmm. So if a person is depressed or a person is angry or if a person is suffering, and you approach them and you say, look, I know that you're angry or I know that you're suffering, why don't you just stop? 
Now, if a person can't stop because uh, the chemistry is so memorized, then we can call that an addiction. And, and, and so most people spend the majority of their life thinking that that's normal. But those emotional states, whether it's emptiness or sadness or unhappiness or whatever, that there's an internal chemical state that's been, been repeated enough times that it becomes very familiar uh, just by the process of thinking and feeling and feeling and thinking. Now, when a person goes about personal change or they begin to look at changing something about themselves, the moment they begin to stop the repetitive cycle of thinking and feeling and feeling and thinking, the body goes into chaos because now its chemi- chemical order has been disrupted. Mm-hmm. And so people return back to familiar relationships. Even though they don't work, at least they can reinforce that emotion or that behavior. And most addictions then, whether it's a substance addiction or a behavioral addiction, is the person struggling in any way they can to make that feeling go away. They don't know that <clears throat> there are other options. So if they take a drug or if they drink alcohol or if they shop or if they have a sex addiction or a love addiction, that external event is producing an internal chemical change. It's making mm-hmm. the feeling go away. And so yeah. by the process of noticing what it is in our external world that's making that internal ch- chemical change within us, we pay attention to it. And that's called a memory or an association. Give us, give us an example of that. Give us a concrete example of being able to pay attention. Okay, so let's suppose a person then has a, uh, reaches the middle of their life, they're 35 years old, they begin to realize that they can predict the feeling of any um, experience in their life. No one's making them happy. And so the typical thing most people do in the midlife crisis is they go and buy the sports car, they go on vacation or they buy the boat, or they do something in their external world. That new thing that they purchase makes them feel better. And it makes that emptiness or, uh, or, mm-hmm. or unhappiness go away. So they, they begin to associate things outside of them with happiness. The problem is when the novelty wears off, they're back to the same person. Mm-hmm. So when that doesn't work any longer, they go to something that produces more of an immediate change. Mm-hmm. So they up the ante in a, in a way. Right. They, they That's why people the... will drink more. Absolutely. Or they'll have the extra affair. They right. just they, they do more of the same. Right, because the receptor sites on the outside of the cells become desensitized to that same chemistry, which means the next time you gamble or the next time you shop... It's got to be more. It's got to be a little bit more. It's like mm-hmm. living with a spouse who always yells at you. They've got to yell a little bit louder to get your attention. Mm-hmm. The receptor sites are the same way. Mm. But that's a tough thing um, to break. We're going to go to break in a minute, but... Just before we do, Joe, give us a little bit of hope there, because that's, that's very tough. It's not an easy thing to break. Absolutely. You see, <clears throat> there, there are plenty of modalities um, from psychotherapy all the way to meditation that begins to allow people to move into the present moment, to begin to free themselves from those emotional states. It just takes a willingness, a certain amount of attention, and no longer turning on the television or getting on the phone mm-hmm. or turning on the Internet when you feel uncomfortable, but actually looking to see what thoughts and feelings and behaviors brought you to this point. Yeah. And so the first step is always awareness. 
All right. That's very good. When we come back, we're going to talk about that. And when you have the awareness, what can you do? And how can we change these behaviors so that we can live the kind of lives that we want? My guest today is Dr. Joe Dispenza. He's a chiropractor. He was featured in the hit movie, What the Bleak Do We Know? His new book is Evolve Your Brain, The Science of Changing Your Mind. And Dr. Dispenza uh, is known for his lively conversational way of presenting scientific concepts to a lay audience. He travels all over the world and does speak. And his undergraduate training was in biochemistry. And he really has had education in neurology and neuropsychology and brain function. And so that's what we're talking today is how can we use our brains in a proactive way to help us to make our dreams come true and make us have the things uh, that we really want to have in our lives. All right, folks, you're listening to Positive Living. This is a specially pre-recorded program. Now, you can log on to my website, Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com or Patricia at RaskinResources.com, and certainly write to me. I have three radio programs, and I would definitely love to hear from you. Uh, you can write to Dr. Dispenza about his work with his brain, his work with the brain, uh, DrJoeDispenza.com, D-R-G-O-E-D-I-S-P-E-N-Z-A.com. Stay tuned. This is a specially pre-recorded program. There's plenty more. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Real Talk with Marcy Mason. A refreshing and charming talk radio show for all of you entertainment enthusiasts. Whether you're stargazing on Hollywood Boulevard or in the stands cheering for your favorite team, Real Talk is here to satisfy the curiosity of the dedicated lifestyle and entertainment enthusiasts by giving everyday people the information they crave about what's going on in their communities and the world around them. Don't miss Real Talk with Marcy Mason, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. What I want to be when I grow up by Johnny Mike. Dad, it's John. I got the promotion. We'll call him John Jr. You'll speak over 500 million words in your lifetime, but none of them will be as important as the words you use to tell your six-year-old he has cancer. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. Want pure inspiration and great ideas for action? Want to become successful beyond your hopes and dreams? Then tune in to Millionaire Mentor with best-selling author, one of the world's leading women entrepreneurs, and host, Luann Mitchell-Halter. Luann and her guests, all masters of global inspiration, share their secrets to manifesting and positive daily mental exercise principles. From how to get affordable health care to billionaire mentality and bankrupt no more imagery, Millionaire Mentor dares you to live the life you love and love Love the life you live. Millionaire Mentor with Luann Mitchell Halter broadcasts each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Millionaire Mentor, achieve your greatest heights. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll free right now at 1 866 472 5787. 1 866 472 5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin right here on VoiceAmerica.com. We have a specially pre-recorded program for you today, so you won't be calling in, but we will give you the website, which is Dr. Joe Dispenza, D-I-S-P-E-N-Z-A.com. And my guest is Dr. Joe Dispenza, and his new book is Evolve Your Brain, The Science of Changing Your Mind. And he was featured in the movie, What the Bleep Do We Know? And he's a chiropractor and also has an, a degree in neuroscience. He's written many articles on the relationship between brain chemistry and between biology and their roles in physical health. And he speaks all over the country and the world. Uh, welcome back, Dr. Joe. Nice to meet okay, you. We were talking about, you know, how do we change our brain and how do we change that chemistry, particularly for addicted. And... My feeling is, from all the interviews I've done, that we all have some kind of addiction in some way. It can be a soft addiction. It can be too much television, too much computer work, too much talking, too much, too much sleeping. I mean, they're, can't, they're, they're called soft addictions, but they're still with us. And so we often want to change them because we find that if we don't, we're not making the progress in our lives or experiencing the joy we want to. So you, in your book, you talk about mental rehearsal which allows us to change our brain. What do you mean? Well, let's just back up for a second and say then that if we understood that every single addiction that we have is supported by some emotional addiction and that if the person really wants to go about true change from that behavior or that um, feeling, they have to begin to address the emotion that's driving them to do those things to try to make that feeling go away. Because if they don't, as you know, they'll just go from alcohol to coffee and cigarettes or mm-hmm. from gambling to pornography. Mm-hmm. It's just that they'll do something else and kid themselves that they're actually making some measurable changes when, in fact, all we're really doing is we're substituting one new emotional high uh, to make something, mm-hmm. some form of emptiness to go away. So in the book, when I talk about mental rehearsal, if you take a group of people who never played the piano before and you had them play scales and chords and you taught them how to do it and you did a functional scan of their brain before and after the activity, after five days, the people who played the piano would produce new circuits in their brain, simple stuff. They learned Mm -hmm. new things, they got some instruction, they paid attention and they repeated it and that's what grows new circuits. But you can take another group of people and you can have them close their eyes and mentally rehearse playing the same scales and chords for the same time for the same number of days. And at the end of the experiment, they grow the same brain circuits in their brain as the people who actually physically demonstrated it, mm-hmm. which means that not only did they change their brain by thinking, but when we're truly focused and we're truly paying attention, the brain does not know the difference between what's happening in its external world and what's happening in its internal world. Mm-hmm. And we can then begin to realize the purpose of meditation The word meditation literally means, in Tibetan, to become familiar with, Mm -hmm. to make known. So if the person sat down and began to say, what is a better ideal of myself? What is a greater way to express myself? How can I plan my behaviors and my actions? What do I no longer want to do? What do I want to change about myself? And if the person rehearsed those thoughts and those activities and planned them and reminded themselves who they wanted to be, they would force their brain to begin to fire in new sequences, in new patterns, in new combinations. They would literally be making a new mind because the definition of mind is the brain in action or the brain at work. So if we can make the brain work differently... So here, here's a question. Do you think, though, that before you can do any of that, 
you really have to have the desire. You have to be able to say, I don't like doing this anymore. I, I can't control it, and I don't like Because if you don't have that, then you're not going to try. Correct, Joe? That's absolutely correct. And the, and, the, and the tragedy of human nature is that we usually have to wait for crisis before we get serious about anything. Because if we're going along and we're comfortable and things are going, we're managing ourselves and things are going as planned, um, even though we know we're, 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 there's something out bothering us, we continue on. But when crisis shows up, that's when the person can't keep uh, going on as business as usual. And that's when they begin to say, that's it. I have to change something about myself because this is no longer working. And my question is always the same. Why wait for crisis? If you mm-hmm. had something that you could change about yourself now, mm-hmm. you'd save yourself a lot of trouble later on in your life. Can you tell us a story of someone you've worked with that you've seen a major change? Oh, absolutely. Um, we, um, we do these weekend workshops where we teach people how to unlearn emotional states and then relearn or reinvent a new self. And, and the second book that I'm working on right now is called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, How to Lose Your Mind and Create a New One. And the process really means in neuroscience that if you unlearn something about, something about yourself, the brain literally breaks its circuits apart because that's called pruning, which means if we no longer think the same thoughts, no longer perform the same actions, we unmemorize an emotional state, the, the brain has to reorganize itself to reflect our intention. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> a person who has spent, say, for example, one person in particular, spent 20 years in the same emotional memory of a lot of resentment, a lot of hatred towards his father because he was an alcoholic. And <clears throat> the redundancy of the same thoughts about his father produced the same feelings about his father, which was anger and resentment, once he began to feel that anger and resentment, he was more prone to think more thoughts driven by those feelings. Mm-hmm. And the cycle of thinking and feeling and feeling and thinking created what I call a state of being. The person now was an angry person or a resentful person. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> he started to have such unbelievable acid reflux uh, after mm-hmm. a certain time in his life that, that he went to every doctor, tried every medication, couldn't sleep at night, had to sleep sitting up. Nothing really changed for him. Well, when we got down to what the emotion was that was really driving most of his behaviors, it was connected to those emotions of anger and resentment. Now, I never ever said to him, let's go back to the event or the series of events that made you this way because the the event is insignificant. The end product of the event produced an emotion and he memorized that emotion. And so if we can have him unlearn that emotional state, there should be some measurable changes in his physical body. Mm-hmm. So we went through the process of becoming familiar with his unconscious thoughts, his unconscious actions, his unconscious feelings, and he sat there and he made them conscious. That's the definition of meditation, to know so yourself. So give an example of what he might have said that was from the unconscious to the conscious. Well, <clears throat> for example, there's 90% of who we are exists by the time we're 35 in the subconscious patterns and how we think and act. So that voice is going on in the back of our head all the time, and he was saying things like, I'm not a success in my life because, because of my father. Uh, I don't have a good relationship, and I'm, you know, 
Um, I don't have any money because of these events that happened. It's my father's fault. Um, I hate my life. Uh, you know, people are stupid. All the things that, that go on in the, in the background that pretty much play for a person because those feelings are driving those unconscious circuits in the brain and, and the person literally uh, is letting those go by unedited, unchecked. Mm-hmm. So when you sit down and you begin to say, hey, let's look, let's close my eyes, and all of a sudden that dialogue comes up, now you're no longer distracted by the environment. You're no longer distracted by the external world. You're sitting with <laughs> some programs that you've actually fired and wired together by your own unconscious thoughts and actions. Mm-hmm. So to then sit down and become, list those out and become familiar with them and become aware of them is, in, in fact, meditation. Mm-hmm. It is becoming familiar with. And then if you said, no, what is a greater ideal of yourself? Let's talk about a new emotion you could memorize. And what, how would that person think if he felt that way? Yeah. And how would he act if this was the new feeling? And so as we begin to unlearn an emotional state and relearn an emotional state, not only do we change the wiring in the brain, but we change the internal chemistry in the body. If that person can lift themselves out of that memory for a brief amount of time, they have a new landscape of the horizon. They see things differently. Yeah. So it's, it's being able to really feel the difference. That's the key. Feel the difference, and it takes some time because, as you say, whether it's meditation or whether it's exercise or whether it's certain exercises you give the person, they have to be able to know there's something different, and they haven't known that so far, have they? No, because there's no evidence for it. As a matter of fact, they're perceiving reality based on not only how their brain is wired, but by how they're actually chemically feeling internally. If you take a group of people that are depressed and you show them equal slides of a wedding scene and a funeral scene, and you ask them, which were there more of at the end of the slideshow, they'll always say there were way more funeral scenes because we perceive reality equal to how we're emotionally feeling and how our brain is physically wired. So this person then, when he went through the process three weeks in a row of going through the unlearning of the anger and freeing himself and surrendering it and giving it up and forgiving, and he started to feel better, what he didn't know is he was actually changing Brain chemistry. In his body. Mm-hmm. And three weeks later, he sends me an email and he says, I haven't had acid reflux in a week and a half. I mm-hmm. haven't had acid reflux in the last 10 days. Mm-hmm. Why is that? And I said, because you're a new personality. Mm-hmm. And because you're a new personality, that new personality doesn't have acid reflux. The old personality had acid reflux. Mm-hmm. And, the, and that signal of new chemistry actually turned on new genes Well, and I think when we come back from the break, I would like you to give our listeners some real practical exercises that we can do every day to help change our brain chemistry into a more proactive chemistry so that we uh, we don't sabotage ourselves as much and we don't get derailed as much. I mean, it happens to all of us, but how can we uh, fine-tune? Even if our life is going well, how can we fine-tune? So that's what we're going to look at next. My guest is Dr. Joe Dispenza, who's a chiropractor, has a degree in neuroscience. He was in the movie, What the Bleep Do We Know?, and his new book is Evolve Your Brain. 
The Science of Changing Your Mind. And you can log on to his website at drjoedispenza.com. And you're listening to Positive Living. Remember, this program is about turning your problems into solutions and your obstacles into opportunities and making your dreams come true. You can write to me at patricia at raskinresources.com or patricia at patriciaraskin.com. Stay tuned, folks. There's more. We'll be right back. Have you ever thought about having your own Internet talk show? Well, if you said yes, then click About Us. Then click Be a Host to get more information. Or just call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Say that again. 480-294-6417. VoiceAmerica.com. We all know that somebody. They are always in a great mood, always smiling, always getting exactly what they want. What if that somebody could be you? Let Andrea with an I help you find your personal bliss every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America channel. Explore the endless possibilities of using the law of attraction through faith, trust, and support. Tune in Wednesdays to Ask Andrea, the law of attraction in action on the Voice America channel. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh, There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt U.S. Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Divorce, child custody, support, and visitation, division of property, attorneys, court. Just the thought of divorce is stressful enough. Never mind the combative, destructive, and expensive process. Is there a better way? Yes, divorce mediation. On Divorce Mediation, Myths and Facts, host Philip Mulford, one of the country's top divorce mediators, will discuss this incredibly successful alternative. Formerly a practicing attorney, Philip will explore the myths and facts about a process that has kept his clients out of court and saved them thousands of dollars. If you aren't familiar with divorce mediation or your lawyer has told you it's not appropriate for your case, this show is for you. After listening to Divorce Mediation, Myths and Facts, you'll tell anyone considering the divorce. Go to mediation first. Divorce Mediation. Changing the culture of divorce. Everything you want, everything you want to do, and everything you want to have is right at your fingertips. People think that accomplishing your goals has to be difficult. Guess what? It doesn't. All you need are the right tools and a map. And that is what author, professional speaker, and now talk radio host Charmin Lane is offering you. Join Charmin Wednesday afternoons at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel for success made simple. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Now, as I always say, this program is about turning your problems into solutions and your obstacles into opportunities and making your dreams come true. We certainly would love to uh, have you log on to the website, which is drjoedispenza.com, D-I-S-P-E-N-Z-A.com, and learn 
really what you can about changing the way you think, because when you do that, you change your behavior. Um, welcome back, Dr. Joe. Are you there? I'm here. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> Let's look at people who want to do one of the following. Okay, and here are the big three. They want to improve their relationship. They want to lose weight. They want to be healthier. They want to improve their financial life. They're always struggling. So there's something going on in their brain, isn't there, that is programming them for that behavior and situation. So what are some things that we could do? Just exercises every day. Sure. Well, let me just, before I get into what, they, what a person can do, let's just, I just want to review a couple mini concepts here. First and foremost, we have to remember that, you know, when we have a thought, we make a chemical. That chemical signals the body for us to feel the way we think. Once we feel the way we think, we begin to think the way we feel. So if a person then says, uh, I don't have any money or I don't, I'm, un, I'm, I'm unhappy or I don't like my relationship, the moment they have that thought, they're producing a signal in the body for them to feel unhappy or to feel like they're in lack or to feel like um, uh, they're, uh, they're overweight or, or they're a failure. Once they begin to feel that way, they begin to think thoughts equal to how they feel. Now, the cycle of that long-term process, day in and day out, the chemistry and the neurology begin to condition the body to memorize that emotional state better than the conscious mind. Mm -hmm. And when the body knows better than the mind, that's called a habit. And that information then is stored in the subconscious memory system in the brain, which was where 90% of who we are exists. So the person may consciously say and declare, I want to be healthy, I want to be happy. Right. But their body has been conditioned to feel unhappy because of the redundancy of those same thoughts. So the, body wants, the, body, the mind wants one thing, and the body's been conditioned to something else. And since the conscious mind is 10% of who we are, the next thing you know, they're sitting on the couch with the remote control, and they're eating Haagen-Dazs, and they have no idea how they got there. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. one stray thought or one stimulus from the environment activates that automatic program. It could be watching something on television. Absolutely. They can, next thing you know, they're up, in, up in the, with their face in the freezer. Yeah. So yeah. what is it then that's going to make that change? They could have all the insight in the world. They could understand that it was their, a chemical imbalance in their brain, or they could understand intellectually that it was their, their parents that were overbearing, or they could understand that it was even a past life. But the insight doesn't change any of their behavior, right? So we have to be able to get into the operating system. We have to be able to get past analysis, the analytical mind, and begin to think independent of the environment. So the person who is, um, wants to get healthier, who feels unhealthy, or the person who wants a better relationship or wants more money, majority of the times who they are and what they believe about themselves based on the redundancy of their thinking and feeling is in that subconscious system. So their mm-hmm. conscious mind is saying, I want wealth, but their feeling and thinking 
has, has a whole other agenda that separates them from that. So the unconscious thoughts that are happening behind the scenes of the awareness are actually attracting all the things in their life mm-hmm. that reinforce their feelings of being unhealthy or unhealthy so what do we in a relationship. Do? So here's what we do. So the person has to sit down and say to themselves, they have to ask themselves some important questions. What is it about me that I'd like to change? What is the feeling that I feel every single day that defines me as a personality? And what are the thoughts that I think when I feel this way? How do I behave when I'm at my lowest denominator? What other feelings are derived from these feelings that cause me to tailspin into an unconscious um, uh, 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 process that at the end of the day I don't even remember who I am? Mm-hmm. Let me list those and make conscious what was once unconscious. Yeah. Now, the moment they begin to close their eyes and separate the environment from their conscious mind, they're thinking independent of the environment, and that's the first step to change because does the environment control your thinking or does your thinking control your environment? If you can begin to say, okay, I'm going to make these things conscious, and then one at a time, review them. The concept of going into the operating system and changing literally means that you're bringing them to awareness so that you have more control over them. Mm-hmm. At the same time, each one of those things has to be surrendered to the power within the person, to that greater mind within them, to the quantum field, to the, to the life force, whatever we want to call that. Right. That, that so, process- so there has to be a certain amount of, of as you said, surrender. I mean, well, you just have to say, okay, you know, I may have this craving or I may want this, but I'm just going to hang out with this a little while. It may be uncomfortable, but it will pass. Be in the presence of it because it's so typical to run to the future or look back at the past and not be present because most people don't want to sit in that discomfort. But if we do, our attention literally dissolves it. It literally mm-hmm. begins to transmute it. And it's begins sitting with the pain and moving through it is what you're saying. Absolutely. You have to sit with it. You've got to be present with it. Yeah. But you also have to call on a greater consciousness, that subconscious mind that's keeping your heart beating and digesting your food and filtering your blood and organizing different systems. There's an intelligence within every person that you may call the God within or the power within or the field or whatever you want to call that, that we have a personal relationship with. And we have to begin to ask it, begin to intervene, and begin to help us. And that process is an important process because we have to use a greater consciousness to overcome the consciousness that we've mastered. Mm-hmm. Now, if the person can truly surrender that condition, then the next question is, now, what is the greatest ideal of myself? How would I feel if I, if I was wealthy? How would I feel if I was healthy? Come on, bring up that feeling. And how would you think if you felt that way? How would you act for the rest of your day? How would you, what would you like to plan about your future? And begin to operate from this new state of mind. And if you said to the person, you can't get up as the same person who sat down. You've got to get up in an elevated mood. And if that person was able to memorize, in the beginning it would be a little difficult, but if they could memorize that new state and that new internal chemistry, they would literally be reorganizing and reconditioning the body to a new mind. It's both our thinking and feeling that then creates our destiny. Mm -hmm. 
Now, do you work with people individually? Do you help them in, in a therapeutic sense? Do you work on their body as a chiropractor? How do you work with people, Joe? Well, for the most part, I spend most of my time doing weekend workshops in different parts of the world where we go through the 10 steps for personal change where people begin to unmemorize and, re- and relearn. Um, and so that's the majority of my work uh, presently. Um, I don't do any one-on-one w- uh, counseling because I just don't have the time and I can never do a follow-up uh, an appointment with anybody because I'm on the road so much. But I do refer to a lot of different people that, that uh, can help in different, in different therapies that I think help people. And uh, so I, and I still have a chiropractic practice that is run by another doctor and I, I have the privilege to run in and out of there when I'm in town, but it's, uh, it's in the Pacific Northwest and it's a, it's a, a very busy clinic. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if people want to find out more, do they log on to your website? Yeah, the website will take them to uh, events that I do. There'll be ra- there's radio shows, and we do this new thing called the video Q&A, which is an opportunity for people to write their questions down and uh, subscribe, and, and, and then uh, one time a month I answer a bunch of questions in front of a green screen, and there's animations behind it, and people get a little bit more of a thorough answer uh, based on some of the conditions they're trying to work on or overcome. Okay. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we are talking to Dr. Joe Dispenza, the author of the new book, Evolve Your Brain, The Science of Changing Your Mind. He was featured in the hit movie, What the Bleep Do We Know? And he also has a degree in neuroscience and is a chiropractor and does workshops all over the country and the world to help people truly change their brains and uh, change their minds. All right, you're listening to Positive Living. Uh, remember, folks, you can log on to my website. I have three radio programs, Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com and Patricia at RaskinResources.com, and I would love to hear from you. You're listening to Positive Living right here on VoiceAmerica.com. We have a specially pre-recorded program for you today. Again, you can also log on to my guest website, which is Dr. Joe Dispenza, D-I-S-P-E-N-Z-A.com. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, my name is Aaron, and I'm a survivor of mannequinism. Mannequinism is basically when you turn into a hard plastic shell. They say it's from not being politically active. For me, it started when I didn't register to vote. And then I stopped volunteering, and before I knew it, I wasn't doing anything. And that's when I found a small patch of plastic on my right shoulder. Protect yourself from mannequinism. Log on to fightmannequinism.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST 
4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. All Things Music with composer and songwriter Tara Tucker brings to the Voice America channel music genres not typically heard on your FM radio dial. World music, folk, indie, classical, religious, early medieval. What you won't hear is top 40, rap, or rock, or celebrity news from the streets, or the tabloids of Hollywood. Each week, Tara will showcase a different musical style, the musicians who perform it, the history behind it, and she promises to broaden your musical horizons. Tune in Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Pacific to All Things Music with Tara Tucker on the Voice America channel. It's a pair of thunder thighs. Big ones, too. That mom who's been swimming a lot with her kids must have lost them. Well, I heard about this happening once up at Laguna. Small step number 54. Play with your kids. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to get healthy. Learn more at www.smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. And as I always say, this program is all about turning your obstacles into opportunities and your problems into solutions and making your dreams come true. And today my guest really does just that because he, in a very practical and systematic way, can help you to change and retrain your brain. My guest today is Dr. Joe Dispenza, and his book is Evolve Your Brain, The Science of Changing Your Mind. He was featured in the movie... What the bleep do we know? And he also has a degree in neuroscience. He is a chiropractor and travels all over the country and the world giving workshops in this area. Welcome back, Dr. Joe. Hi, Pat. Okay, why is it so hard? Why is it so difficult for people to really and truly change their brain and change their behavior? Are we just used to doing things the way we've always done it? Well, remember we talked about 90% of who we are exists in that subconscious um, memory system in the brain, that's where the majority of our skills and habits, our our emotional reactions, our behaviors are located. And and neuroscience and psychology used to say that by the time we're 35, uh, that area of our life, our personality is a a done deal and that we're going to turn out like our parents, have a nice life. But the research is beginning to show that that's absolutely not true. Mm -hmm. We said that the, the biggest habit that we have to break is the habit of being ourselves because if 90% of who we are is based on how we think and how we act and how we feel, that becomes memorized emotionally, then the conscious mind only has a, a, a certain degree of um, 
of um, ability to be able to change those subconscious systems. And the biggest problem is that most people don't know that they can't change it just with their conscious mind. Mm-hmm. So if we have mind saying one thing and body memorized to something else, if mind and body are working in opposition, the person will never make a change in their life. That's an example is someone who prays for a good life with all the intention that they have. Intention, according to the latest research, produces no effect without an emotion. So if the person is praying for a new life or um, setting up their goals intentionally, but the majority of their time they're feeling guilty or they're feeling unworthy, <laughs> and 90% of who they are exists in that system, mm-hmm. there would never be a change. The person who's thinking positively mm-hmm. but is feeling really negatively, they have mind and body working in opposition. Mm-hmm. So then that, that, that system of how we are, when I say the body has memorized the state better than the conscious brain, it's like when you can't remember a phone number and you can't consciously remember it, but you look at the dial and your hand dials the, the, the 10-digit number. How did that happen? In other words, your conscious brain couldn't do it, but your body has memorized it because it's done okay, it so Okay, so many what times. about when you're in, I call it a funk, you know, when you're really in that space and you're spinning and you, you, and you want to get out, you know, you're, you're saying, I, I don't like this, I want to get out, and you keep going back and spinning, whether, whether it's thoughts or whether it's a behavior, um, and you're having trouble doing this for yourself. Should you call a counselor, a therapist, a friend, take a walk? How do you kind of break that on the synapse in the brain? How do you break it? <laughs> well, it's more than just a synapse. It's a, it's a, there's, that, there's that strong chemistry, you know, and that, that fight-or-fight nervous system that we talked about. It regulates the body to begin to feel angry and aggressive or fearful and anxious or painful or sad or obsessed about time or object-focused about a particular issue in our life. It's that chemistry that causes us to become over-focused. Now, when we have those thoughts and those feelings, we are in, in the midst of a very strong refractory period, of, uh, refractory period of chemistry. And most people think that they can't control it. But mm-hmm. anything that we do that breaks that refractory period, for some people... It's listening to music. For other people, it's meditating. For other people, it's exercising. For other people, it's you know, going for a brisk walk. For other people, it's hiking or playing with their dog. Whatever mm-hmm. it is that averts our attention from that, from that and interrupts that refractory period is going to give the body relief enough so that we begin to see then that, those, that our thoughts at that time were locked into a pattern. The problem with most people is that we think we can analyze and intellectualize our way out of it. And, and, yeah. that, and that makes it worse, doesn't it, it Joe? It actually reinforces the circuitry yeah. and the chemistry. Yeah. Because then we start making excuses for ourselves, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, it's time to just get up and move, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it really is. You know, we have a few minutes left. If, if people get one thing out of this interview, you know, if, if they, if, and I'm thinking of the simplest thing that they can do, in terms of really changing, you know, changing their behavior and changing their brain chemistry, what would you like to, to spend time leaving our listeners with today? Well, I, I have a, a great hope for humanity, and I think that if we're going to change the world, we have to start by changing ourselves, that, that we have to say, what is it about me that I can change 
And if I can become a different person, then how many other people will I affect by being, uh, thinking and, and acting and being differently? So I have great hope for humanity. I think that we can't go about wanting to change the world and not change ourselves. We can't, we can't be the, you know, the philosopher in one way and then still have old habits and behaviors. And I think I want to inspire people to believe in themselves and, and understand that, that we can demystify so many elements that religion and, and um, spirituality have kept at arm's length for most people and break it down into a practical way to, for them to begin to understand that as they begin to unlearn those states emotionally that are driven by those chemicals of survival that then cause the ego to become very selfish, as we begin to unlearn those, there's a greater mind that begins to come through us that's, that's gentle and kind and compassionate and loving and caring and, and inspired. And that's who we really are. We've just gotten lost in the, yeah. in the, in the illusion that um, uh, you know, our lowest denominator is the best we can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Tell our listeners today how they can contact you if they, if they really would like to know more. Well, the simplest way, of course, is just go to the website, drjoedispenza.com. Um, there's plenty of information about where I am and what I'm doing. And, and uh, Evolve Your Brain is a, a pretty thick book, and it's got a lot of information, but uh, seems to inspire people. Oh, really appreciate you coming on the show today. I mean, it, it really is making a difference, and we certainly will encourage people to go to the website, which is drjoedispenza.com, D-R-G-O-E-D-I-S-P-E-N-Z-A.com. My guest has been Dr. Joe Dispenza, who is, is the author of the new book, Evolve Your Brain, The Science of Changing Your Mind. He was featured in the hit movie, What the Bleep Do We Know? He is a chiropractor. He has spent decades studying the human mind and has a degree in neuroscience. Folks, as I always say at the end of each show, and I'm always so excited to be part of Positive Living and to bring you these amazing guests because you're helping me make my dream come true because I'm able to interview these amazing people. And by doing so, I'm helping to help you to make your dream come true. So as I say at the end of each program, stay healthy, stay happy, really get the support you need, and know, really know in your heart that you can make your dream happen. And we are on the air on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific. And the show is always archived online. You can go to voiceamerica.com and look up Patricia Raskin, or better yet, go to my site, patriciaraskin.com or raskinresources.com, and you can log right on and listen to my free radio programs and, and certainly positive living on voiceamerica.com. Until next week for Positive Living, I'm Patricia Raskin. Have a wonderful Monday and a wonderful week. Listening to Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's book, Pathfindings, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. And tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com.